Good evening, brothers and the listeners. Keith Lund again coming to you with another segment, a special segment, different segment. It's something that needed to be done. And I thought, hmm, how do I get a good interview? How about I interview myself? Not as like I'm am. Talking to myself, I'm gonna interview myself, so I'm gonna think of the questions to ask and answer them. Um, the reason why I'm doing this is to give, get the right, some of the right, right questions asked that everybody can learn a little bit more about me as a breeder and flyer. Developer of a strain, cultivator, if you want to call it. <clears throat> what can I do to make it more interesting as far as how it, everything happened and why everything happens and my whole thought process? Um, the good, the bad, the true, the real ugly. So, the first question that most people always wonder is they want to know um, how did I get started in rollers and how old was I? <clears throat> well, I've always been an animal lover. I like dogs, I like cats, I like insects, spiders, butterflies, ants. I, li- I like to see how everything works, just see their characteristics and stuff like that, their, what drives them. When it came to the pigeons, I've always liked birds in general. And the pigeon was one bird that always caught my eye, period, even before I started raising them, just watching them. Um, how they go to and from, clap around, they all gather to eat, and then they all disperse to go in different directions. Um, where they live, how they live. So, when, I, when I'm I thought my uncle had pigeons and I thought he was doing it in the backyard. I was just, I was just blown away. I was so into him. I just walked, look at the birds every day. And when I seen one get out one time, he told me that it was called a tumbler. And it turned flips. And then about three or four more, about five total, I think. They were turning flips, literally. And the colors, I was like, wow. He had one with feathers on his feet, it was a month. I was intrigued. I was like, man, highly interested. He called he called the feather foot bird a muff. I said, why do you call him a muff? What the what does muff mean? That's just a name to use for featherfoot. I said, that's me definitely back. Anyway. Um, from that point on, every pigeon I seen. Or pigeon, pigeons anywhere, I just you stop and just watch them. Going to the grocery store with your mother, you want to stop and look at all the pigeons in the parking lot, on the roof, and all that kind of stuff. You know, stuff like that. So, after that, I never got my own. I got my own birds around 10 later on. Me and my friend got, got my uncle's, got my uncle's birds. 
and it started from there. You know, we had we get we harmed the birds. You know, we ended up with seven. I don't know how we got an odd number, but we had an odd number. Seven birds. My brother got two. I got two. It should have been eight, but it was seven. But anyway, we harmed those birds. We used to let them go. They used to fly around down the pole and sit up there all day. They come in. Anyway, let's fast for a little bit. Let's pass all that part right there. You know, and I started playing basketball. Got into with some girls. Gave my verse to my little brother. I don't know what he did with him. Anyway, he didn't have him. So then I got my own. I, one day I was going to work. I was walking with my friends. We were walking to work. We were working a quickly split right there on 70th and Western. And there was a bird with some commies. And I told my friend, I'm going to catch that bird right there if he's still here when I get off work. And I was walking back. We was walking back. And my friend said, ain't that the bird you said was going to catch? I want to see you catch it. So I whistled, and I whistled, it kind of looked, and got alert, and I whistled, kind of whistled a little bit more, and it kind of, kind of licking at me, so I got some rocks, and threw them on the ground, and it flew down to the ground, and I caught it, that's how I started back racing, that was in 1986, maybe, I think it was 1986, I had that one pigeon, and I went to Cole's Pet Shop on Broadway off Manchester, and bought another one, a cock to put with it, and then that started everything. So, that was that. So another Christmas people asked me, somebody asked me, do this, doing that, on the, um, I was asked this person one of, um, one of the, um, the Q&As at one of the festivals. Somebody asked me, of all the pigeons, pigeon breeds they have out there, why the Birmingham Roller? I said, don't get me wrong, I like all pigeons, pretty much. I just like the Birmingham Roller. I like the way it performs, like the way they fly, I like the colors. I like the performance most. That's why I chose the Birmingham Roller. I like West of England tumblers too, but far as far as the colors and stuff like that, and the ball heads and stuff like that. Not crazy about muffs, but for the West of England, since that's his breed, I'll take that. And I also like the Oriental Rollers too. But when they asked me the question, I said I like, I like the Birmingham Roller because of this performance traits. Be able to roll so fast like a ball. And you could train them to do it together. So that's why the Birmingham There's no other bird that performs like that. I'm sorry. They just don't. So even though I did like the Birmingham Roller, I said, like I said, I like all a lot of different breeds of pigeons besides the Birmingham Roller. I just choose to just breed and concentrate on the Birmingham Roller. So then somebody asked me, the next question that was asked to me was, when did I decide to to get into competition, what changed me from being just a regular pigeon keeper to being in competition? That was the easy question. But what changed that was Rayvon Hall. Rayvon Hall, my late friend Rayvon Hall, that's what changed that. When I met Rayvon, my whole world of how I saw pigeons changed. We actually met Bruce first, and Bruce took me to his brother's house. And that changed everything. I 
mean, Rayvon invited me right in. Come on in, man. Nice to meet you. And we hung out that day, talked pretty, flew pigeons. I was like, wow, I'm just fascinated. I had the quality of his birds at that time. At the same time, he was open. You know, when you're young, growing up, older guys weren't, weren't open to us kids. I mean, they weren't, people weren't open back in the 70s and early 80s. They, they weren't. Um, I can't say 60s. I was born in 64 and I didn't get pigeons until 75. But anyway, pe- people weren't, older guys, and people weren't, they weren't open to us. There was such garbage birds. I mean, the stuff they do to people is the reason why, why how I am today. I, I, I try to help younger people that are really serious getting into birds. I try to really help them. But the guys back then were mean, cruel. A lot of them were. They'd tell you price that you know you couldn't afford as a kid. And then they'd sell you birds that was garbage. But since we were kids and we were just fascinated by the breed and we just wanted pigeons, we would get, them, we would get those birds and be happy we have them. So, so, so how did Rayvon change me? His birds rolled, man. With good depth, good speed. I mean, they rolled a lot. That that hand the Lee Meyer birds back then with a little bit of the five fourteen blood. Now I guess twelve twenty blood, ready hand blood, all in. And it was these birds rolled a lot. They were really pretty, pretty good pigeons. So that's what changed it, and that was in about nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, about nineteen eighty eight. So it's crazy too, because when I was a kid, I used to be so fascinated by the by, by pigeons. I used to go to the library and get books. I had a book called it was I think it was called the Pigeon or something like that. And it had all these different breeds of pigeons, all these different colors of pigeons. And they showed these guys with these lofts that looked like little houses, and I was just so fascinated by that. And I kept saying, to myself, I said to myself one time later on that I was gonna be a professional, a professional pigeon raiser. I really said that. You know, I mentioned that too in, in, in Pigeon Kings. That's why I mentioned it. And I said, I thought, I guess I'm a professional. I had a nice loft. Competed on the high levels. So I said, I guess I'm a professional. It was so real then. But anyway, so it was books like Roller Journal, I used to read. Didn't have no money to buy birds out there. But I just go to Red Wing, ride my bike from San Pedro in 68 to Florence and Alameda and buy a pigeon, put it on my bicycle rack, buy no, buy my um a little a dollar bag of feed, which was a lot of feed at that time, and buy my five dollar pigeon, five cents dollar pigeon in a box in a shoe box and and get my a little bungee cord thing and t- tied to the handlebars and just roll back home. That, that was my life as a kid, going back and forth to the pet shop. So, well, well there's somebody else saying question how did meeting Rayvon change? Because I've not seen Rayvon birds fly, how do you broke together? I've never seen that before. I've seen birds close. Maybe about two years before I met Rayvon at Sam Gutierrez's house. But at that time, no, I wasn't even two years later. I'm lying. 
I was way before. I was still living on six days, so I had to be like 18. With Sweet Junior, rest in peace also, he took me to San Gutierrez Heights in Boyle Heights. And he, and he flew about, uh, how many kids did he fly? Three? And they were rolling real deep and everything, but they weren't like Ray Vaughn's. And I later found out that Ray Vaughn, Maine Cockburg, came from San Gutierrez. And I said, oh, I met him before. I've been to his house. But the next month to San Gutierrez's house, the kit boxes he had, when I went there, he wasn't really using. It went flying out of him, but they were still there. Anyway, but I met Ray Vaughn, I seen his birth roll together. I said, that's what I want right there. And ever since that day, I didn't want nothing else but birds that roll together infrequent. I've never liked birds that weren't frequent, even as a kid. I like birds that was constant, constant. So, that's how I changed, Ray Vaughn changed me. He's, I seen that, and I said, that's what I want, and that's all I wanted every, since that day up until to this day. I do not want, want birds that do not roll together, period. I don't want individual birds. I don't care how fast they are. I don't care about that. I need them suckers to be. If if the best bird was a 10 and they didn't roll together, give me a 7 or 8 that birds roll together. That's how I felt. That's how I still feel to this day. And that that's what it was. That, that right there changed. So then I got asked another question. The question was, When, 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 when was the first time I competed? Well, the first time I was competed was in ICRC. I was in ICRC in 1993. Um, all my competition started in 1993. Every, all of it, even Westside Roller Club, which is the club I, I founded. But in 1993, when I flew ICRC, that was my first competition ever, and I actually won that day. I take that back. I didn't win. I came in second that day. Butch and Keith, they came in first. They had 100, 100 points even. And I think I scored 70-something, 79 or something like that. So then we only had three flyers that year because we started late. But I scored 79. That was my first competition ever. Everybody said, you on the board. Your first fly, you got on the board. Most people don't get on the board their first fly. That's why I said, I said, that's why I said, I'll make the, make these birds even better than that next time. So, the next fly, I think I scored. Um, I, I can't remember. But I don't think it was, it wasn't too much over 100. 110, 12. But at that time, I was just happy to be flying. I mean, I was ecstatic just to be flying in competition with all these guys with these names and stuff like that. Eddie Scott's and Ray Mahal, Juan Navarro was there. Uh, Craig Wiggs, I knew of him. But I, I met all the guys from my Frank Cortez, I knew. Victoria Gutierrez, I met all these guys through in ICR through competition because before I flew with them, I hung out with them from '89, you know, till till 
we started until I got in the club. So I had hung out with seen all these guys birds flying. But what I learned was, when it was, when it was during those years before I competed, I learned so much. I was able to be competitive when I first got in. And I watched a lot of guys birds fly. And I seen how they seen their birds. And I learned the rules. And I watched their birds. And I, I studied the rules. And I watched their birds. And I studied the rules every year. And I said that everybody's biggest problem was either out birds or birds rolling down, getting disqualified, or landing early. That was everybody's problem that didn't do well. So my biggest thing was not to have birds roll down and make sure all the birds kid it give myself the best chance so it was a learning experience just watching I learned that part right there it wasn't about what bloodline you have no colors all none of that stuff even mattered nobody even talked about that stuff when it came to performance it, they, they said numbers but they never said like you see you heard Lee Meyer it was mostly Pinson birds back then though Pinson um, Lee Meyer it was 514 Lee Meyer 12 Tony Redhead 36, 56, or 37, 50, or something. All, all them kind of numbers like that. Even the Norwood name popped up here and there. But it wasn't prevalent. It should pop up. Anyway, so I watched these guys' birds over a period of time. And I learned quickly what not to do. Don't, don't get disqualified and don't have birds that don't kick. They're two basics right there. I learned that first. That's the first thing I learned by watching them. And at that time, it wasn't no standard as for the birds had to roll with the wings up. We just known your birds were active and stuff like that. So, okay. So, and back then, I think, and for local, it was a minimum of five feet. And you can be scored. So, understanding all that, the best birds I seen I saw fit for that was a mixture. Some dudes' birds were short, and they didn't do nothing. Some dudes' birds were deep. So Ravon birds were deeper size. Well, I clung to those more, and they rolled a lot. What happened was, yeah, of course I rolled birds down. So but I made sure them birds weren't going to be my kid doing competition. I learned that quick. So fast forward to the last fly, last fly flew, I scored 178, the birds, it was, it's crazy because, you know, I, I just live by the airport, you know, and airplanes go by all the time. Every time I plane went over, the birds broke. Every time I plane went over, the birds broke, they kept doing it. So this is when there wasn't no, no multipliers, wasn't none of that, wasn't no, uh, from five to nine, it's not, it's face value, it was five, 10, 15, or 25. That, was that, was that? Yeah, that's what it was. Period. 5, 10, 15, or 25 for full term. That was it. Wasn't no multipliers, wasn't no doubles and triples and quality time dip, wasn't none of that. So you got that. So you got a quarter turn, half turn, three quarter turn, or full turn. Period. That's it. So if 19 birds go, it's 15, period. If, ten, if nine birds go, it's five. You see a difference? So I scored 170 some 
175 points, right? Um, with that score, with that this, with that, with that way of judging. So I ended up winning my first year in competition. I won. I, I beat all them guys. We had three flies. I won two. I won the, the second two. The first one I came, I scored 70 some points. I didn't win. The last two I won. I won the club. That was my first experience in, in kick competition. I, I was a club champion and also had started Westside Roller Club. And I won that one. So I won two clubs. So, so this is a question to my, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask myself. This is not a question nobody else asked me. So why do I think I was, why do you think you were able to, to beat known flyers like Rayvon, Wally Scott, Bush, and so on? Well, this is my answer. Well, I always liked birds that were frequent. And I understood from watching them fly the previous two years what not to do. So I put those together, and, and my outcome was I won a competition. That's pretty much it. I understood, first of all, what not to do, what not to have my birds do. And I always liked frequent birds. So my bird was so frequent, I ended up beating them. It's crazy because I, I used birds from Rayvon and Eddie that came from to, from Rayvon that had Eddie Scott and Sam Gutierrez blood in them, with a little bit of Kevin Adams blood. The Kevin Adams and Ingle blood, 12, 12, 20 blood, and a bird I got from um. Look at that! Look at the mass birds from Jim, Jimmy James. I bought a pair, the red badges, and, and that was in there. So, with that, I was able to, you know, win my club. Crazy thing about that was I had the smoke birds then. I actually, uh, 109, 81, and 66 were my winning kit. And 93, they sure were. Those birds were my winning kit over smoke birds. I had smoke still then. This was 93. This was 1993. Let's have those birds. I didn't know. I didn't have smoke. Smoke had already got out by then. But I had those birds off her. And it's crazy because I had smoke, her mama, and smoke's brother Chili. Those are the only three smoke birds I had. And I had all in 12, 20 of my birds. And guess what? Most of my birds were at the end of the year. Smoke. That's crazy. I had more smoke birds than anything at the end of the year. Leave my birds to roll down and get too deep. I will get rid of them. They'll be killing stuff or I'll sell them, whatever it may be. So that's 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 how, that's 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 what we want that time. So so then another question. This is another question from me: Is what was it like on fly days? Right? It was really competitive and it was fun. There was no tension. There was a lot of joking. But when the birds went up, it was straight bird watching. When nobody smoking no weed, that was actually a rule. You could not smoke weed on the fly. It had to be done after. And everybody didn't lie at their house, so it had to be done after. So it was all about the birds. Everything had to be about the birds right then. There wasn't cell phones. We had pagers. So, you know, 
It's all about the birds. And we're going to look at the loft, look at the birds, handle the birds, put birds in the show pen, talk about this, talk about that. We did that. If a bird was really good, we wanted to see who the parents were. We, 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 we got to put the parents in the kit box, in the, in the show pens, and we looked. And at that time, I didn't know that I was green, so I was just listening, pay attention. And I just see, the, I watched the birds stand, those birds they were talking about. So I watched the parents, looked them real good, so I started learning a little. Okay, that's okay. It's a nice bird, okay, okay. Left that and I, my mind was taking taking notes. I was taking notes from my mind, just taking them, taking them, taking them, storing it, storing it. You know, we didn't disrespect each other. Uh, we were students of the roller, of the roller sport. We were students, everybody was trying to learn. Nobody knew more than too much more than others. They did know more than others, but they didn't make it relevant. This 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 preach to people, this these talk and you know, we had people like <clears throat> Arnold Jackson every now and then would come on the fly and talk about this and that. <clears throat> then we had, um, what was his name? It comes to me in a minute. Certain people come talk birds, you know. So that's what it was like on fly day. Fun, competitive, and you like class. We learned. Well, I, t- I took advantage of it and I learned. So... The question I asked, <clears throat> I asked myself, how did I do the next following year? The next following year, it was a landslide. I won with ease. I mean, I won with ease. The only thing I did was add, kept some of my same stuff, add a little more depth, and the birds was more frequent, and it was easy. I won with ease. It wasn't even close from, from start to finish. You know, it was like, no problem. You hear comments, people say comments, oh, you're using the same birds, and then they would look, Kevin McCray started coming around. That's when Kevin McCray first started hanging around with us. He said, Kevin asked me, how do you keep these birds right in your face like that? I said, shit, if they're doing it, but I'm not, it's not doing it because I'm doing nothing special. That's just what they do. They fly, they flew two poles high, maybe, maybe three tops. We'll never stop right in your face, right over the street. Just roll and roll and roll. Back then, I didn't have a whole lot of fast birds. I had a whole lot of smooth rolling birds. The birds were a little bit bigger then. And then, that year was when they came up with the 1-2-3 scoring system. Implemented that. That's when everything changed. That's when the birds had to roll 10 feet minimum. But I already made my birds start rolling 10 feet. I already did. They were to roll faster. Um, the multiplier stuff came in. All that stuff came in. So... And I went to a few flies. I think it was it wasn't CP. It was TRA. Dave Austin. When I watched the birds, and I watched the scoring system, and I watched the birds. Oh shit! These are different kind of pigeons right here. These birds even better. So, but I didn't try to buy none. At that time, I was I was playing basketball. And what was it? I was still playing basketball, but I was hustling. So I was gone a lot. But anyway, I wanted more speed, so I went to the Norwood side. I got birds from Arnold, Juan, Speedy, and Donnie. Those are my sources. Out of all those birds, the ones that worked the best were the ones I got from Arnold and Juan. I got a bird from Donnie. I got it from Speedy Bulls from Donnie that I wish I had today. Cause now I understood the bird. I understand what that bird could have done for me. Now, 
20 some years later. <laughs> but anyway, so when I first crossed them birds in, the Lee Meyer birds were already fading away, fading, phasing out. They were real good to number seven birds, but number seven died, and that stopped that in its track. So I, I went ahead to snag. So I Ravon won that year. I came in second. <clears throat> it was it was a good year though. I was fighting from behind. I think I came from like seventh to second. It came down to the last fly when I was already 200, almost 300 points behind Ravon. Kevin Cray was flying with us, but he wasn't a factor at that time. He had birds and traffic stations and sky out in, in minutes at the dock. But anyway, Ravon was already hitting me almost 300 points. So when he scored 175, I thought, I can catch him, but I only scored like 110, so he ended up winning. Ravon ended up winning. So Ravon became a champion. And then the following year, I think I only flew three times of the eight. I came in second again, and Ravon won again. And I came in second this year, and then Kevin McCray hit me up and said, Look, I like what your birds do, blah, 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 blah. Send me a kick. He bought a kick. Then he bought another kit, bought two kits. I think he paid for two kits, 600 for two kits. So he flew all the birds and kept the ones he really wanted. So next time he flew, see, I gotta keep learning, keep this good. He flew, he didn't win. Who won? I didn't win that year. I don't even think I even placed, oh, I came in third that year. Won. Oh, Kevin McCray did win. Ravon came in second, I came in third. And the following year, I didn't fly at all, Harley. Kim McCray won. Ravon second, and Tim Duncan. No, Craig. Tim Duncan, no, Ter no Terry Duncan. Terry Duncan and Craig Woods came in third. One of them two came in third. One of them, I'm not sure which one. So when I came back and really got into it again, I watched the Kevin Birds one day. I said, damn, he scored all these points. I'm like, what the hell you do? He said, man. This right there, I took your birds across to this and took this to that. So, okay. And that's what I did. And that's why I changed the whole game changed me. I went, I brought in the Norm Reed slash Jerry birds and everything changed. And then I moved. Now we were in the club. I didn't really fly in the ice. I was a member, but I didn't fly. Until I came back. And I left in 89. And I came back in 90. In 2002, I came back, but I didn't compete against them until 2003. So I was gone for a minute. But anyway, that's enough of that history. So, another question. One of my own questions I developed, which is number eight. I, so I made more of a comment. I said, so you don't think the new generation of roller guys have fun? They have fun. I think they have fun. But the problem with the new guys is right now is, first of all, they got too much other stuff going on during a fly. That's the biggest problem. They, they're not students. They're not students like we were. They're not trying to see. They ain't learning nothing from when they see a kid fly. And that's what their problem is. When I first flew, first thing I, the thing is, first thing I learned is what not to do. Do not have your birds land early. Do not have them roll down and make sure they kick. 
that I learned that from the beginning. They these dudes seem like they can't get past, they can't get that through these clubs yet. They still have problems with their birth kitten. Still. I don't see too many words rolling down though. That's why I don't see a lot of uh, I have a lot I see a lot of words that roll incorrectly, but not down. And they have a lot of kitten issues. That's one of the first things I learned by going up just watching competitions. Like that. So not mean anybody have too much stuff going on. You got guys smoking weed in this corner. You got guys drinking over here. You got guys drinking and smoking weed. You got guys talking about everything but what's happening with the birds that they that's what we're watching. And then they spend the rest of the time criticizing the birds that's flying and trying to figure out what's wrong with them. It will not have their birds do. Because then you go to the house and see the same thing. And you get me? They see the same thing at their house or worse. So they watching them fly, but they ain't watching. They not learning shit. They ain't picking up on nothing. Some of the points the birds telling you right there in your face what you shouldn't do, what you shouldn't allow to happen. And then you go to your house and the same thing happens. So you did not learn it. And they're still critical about birds. They put it's like they, they they spend too much time trying to degrade each other instead of compete with each other. That's what I see right now. Not all of them, but there are a lot of them like that. It's not. It's not. It's not about the birds. It's more about their egos and their personal feelings and all that other crap that don't have no place in the hobby at all. So, oh, another question somebody asked me before is how did I make my birds so competitive? I kind of explained this already, but if I have to be honest with myself. I had, well, first I had to be honest with myself and see what was holding them back. So, I learned to select the bird that could add to my family or replace certain birds within my family. And then I guess that's where the selection process started for me. It started right there. What I learned is, if you don't identify that there is a problem then you would think you don't have a problem and therefore you can't fix the problem, period. And that's dude's biggest problem, right there. First of all, they don't identify that they have a problem. That's the first thing, that's the biggest mistake. And then once you don't identify that, then you won't never see it. And if you can't see it, you can't fix it. It's just that simple. You won't fix it. So once I identified there was a problem or, the, uh, or, or they could, what was holding the birds back, I figured out how to get around it. That's, that's one of my, one of my famous, famous little two words called mental fortitude. I mean, I love that. It's, 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 a, it's the ability to come to a point where you have a problem and work your way through it. Most dudes won't work their way through it. They just get rid of a whole bunch and just start over and have more problems. Anyway, that's how that's how I kept the birds always um, competitive, always. Whatever problem may be, I try to fix it, eradicate it before it even, because if I see an issue, I eradicate it before it becomes a problem. Like that. So. Uh, a question that was asked me at one of the um, festivals was, or was I always successful in competition? Hell no, I wasn't always successful. Shit, no. No way. 
I, I used to lose. I mean, I, I had bad flights. I had disqualifications. I think I only flew one time ever in my whole life. And the birds flew the whole time. And no, twice. I flew twice in my whole career. Where the birds flew the whole 20 minutes, didn't get hit, and I got a zero. Twice. One time, the first time that happened was a day, two days before, my, I had an overfly where the birds flew from like four o'clock till it got dark and then came down the next day and I still got birds back that evening. So then the next day was a fly day. I tried to put young birds in to spark them. It made the kid roll, it made them roll more, but they they just never rolled five, five more never rolled. Three, roll, two, roll, three, two, one, two, one, three, three, two, four, three. It was that the whole time. They never scored a point. They never broke five or more. Never. Even though they were real frequent, never broke five birds more. And that was my first zero ever. But guess what happened that day? I still won best individual. But then my next time was winning in 2016, I flew. My with birds are a lot of birds that are breeding right now were young birds. They were like four months old, three, four months old. And they never broke together. Never. And they landed at like after six like at before 16 minutes. Why so I wouldn't have disqualified this with this zero. That was two times I flew with the birds, didn't get hit or anything. I got a zero twice in my career. One was in 2001. And one was in 2016. So what did happen does happen. So, how did I overcome my problems? It's the last thing I'm gonna talk about. Let me end that be in the part one. First I had to identify that there was a problem, like I said. Then I had to make decisions like, is it worth it to try to fix this problem? Or just eradicate the get rid of the birds altogether, this pair all together. I'll just trade all together. So, I had to figure that out first. Then I had to figure out how was I going to do this? What was the problem? It wasn't what the problem was. So, if the problem was kidding, that was simple. I didn't eradicate it. I got rid of the birds responsible. How did I figure it out? I took the pair, broke it up, put each bird to a different bird that are proven. And when that problem popped up again, that's what bird left. Period. So when the baby came out, came out doing no kitten, just kitten problems, I didn't let it finish breeding. I just got rid of the pigeon. It was simple. Boom, it's gone. Done. And most likely I got rid of that bird and his siblings. Done, gone. I ain't got to worry about that no more. Rolling down, I ain't really, never really had that problem in, in a long time. So since I got rid of lean my birds, but you roll two birds down on two different birds, you gone. Done, bye, see ya. Can't do nothing with you. So that kind of stuff was easy to fix. Stiff birds, no, I never really had a problem with them either. Okay. So that's that 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 you know how I got past them problems like that, those problems. What were the downsides to my actions as far as my birds, my added birds in? Change. Cause when you add birds in, you bring in other traits too. Not just the role, you bring in other traits. So that's what I mean by was it worth it to bring another bird in. So when I bring in Jerry birds, I'm gonna go to that part before I finish. I'm going to Jerry birds, right? Their whole purpose, their purpose was to breed depth and commitment on the brakes. That was their job. 
the problems came with that were a few more birds, a few more in, birds that were unstable. Instability became an issue here and there. Um, tight kitten. They didn't kid as tight. Understood that. And birds that changed after a certain age. When they were good between the first two years, about one year and a half, and after that they changed. They're different birds. They get bigger. They don't roll as hard. They still kept their frequency and had to figure out why. But we're not going to get into that right now. This, this is going to end part one of the interview with Keith London Baki. So I'm going to call this one quits for right now. I'll pick up again another day. So Keith London is about to be out. So like I say, select, breed, fly, select again. Keep London out with the roll agenda. Peace.